We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Ten, because that nine, goal ignition will serve to organize and measure the six, best five, of our energies four, and skills. Three, because that two, challenge is one, one that we're willing to accept. Zero, all engine running. Liftoff. We and have a liftoff. 32 minutes the past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hello New Space Visionaries, we are Daniel and Sven from New Space Vision. This is our first podcast with the emerging space VC with the awesome name Interstellar Ventures. Our guest today is Sebastian Straube, he's the co-founder of Interstellar Ventures. 60 seconds. Yeah, this is one of our original content pieces. We wrote some articles about the new space economy and now we follow up with these podcasts. We started in Berlin as an event series, but we want to spread the word about new space all around the globe. 30 seconds. We want to share the spirit of the exciting space industry with you, so we have excellent speaker reaching from VCs, entrepreneurs and officials. So if you like what you will hear and maybe what you have already read on our website newspace.vision, you can support us on our website newspace.vision. So our first podcast is just around 60 minutes. We love to get your feedback, so feel free to comment uh, this one. We hope you enjoy. We want to thank Planet, our sponsor of this episode, for the support. Check out their Earth Observation Service on their website planet.com. Astronauts report, it feels good. Interstellar Ventures, uh, what a name. Is that your vision? Uh, who is Interstellar Ventures? Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. So it's really great for uh, starting this podcast series. So really honored. And yeah, so Interstellar Ventures is uh, really uh, the main idea and uh, the vision uh, which I had for starting this um, interesting um, endeavor. And um, so I guess um, it stands really for um, having a vision for the whole spec for the space sector, uh, which is, as we know, uh, very rapidly emerging uh, and uh, moving into a phase where commercialization is driving innovation. And uh, if we think about the sector um, in 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, then obviously many things become possible. And um, I think what is then missing are ideas and creativity and really thinking about the next big things. And um, obviously interstellar uh, is a very interesting topic, uh, which has not been uh, touched by um, traditional space agencies. Yeah, not yet. Not yet, but uh, I think this is really a long-term vision and um, really thinking about this um, grand, grand, grand challenge uh, uh, related to um, crossing the void between uh, different solar systems. But um, in order to be very pragmatic and really thinking about uh, the uh, micro-next steps uh, to grow the sector, um, we don't really talk about this long-term vision, uh, but, it's, but it's there, it's like in this operating system. And uh, in order to make all these things happen, obviously you need the right capital and to, to move this forward. But yes, but you know, Interstellar Ventures has this bold ambition to be part of this uh, interesting sector, which is developing, but also pushing uh, the frontier uh, much, much more further um, out to the outer space. Yeah. You said you, you need capital for that and you need people for that. Uh. So yeah. you have people in New York and Los Angeles. Uh... Right. So um, the setup of uh, our vehicle um, is um, very, let's say, decentralized. So uh, as of now, we 
we work with uh, people who um, have uh, professional backgrounds and coming from different sectors and um, some of them being involved in the space sector very early and um, also also being part of, uh, for example, John in New York, part of really the original new space ventures. So John, for example, worked for uh, Space Adventures, which was back in the uh, 2000s, the first yeah. commercial. First wave of new <laughs> yeah, space. Yeah, this was really the first, first wave of uh, yeah, commercial space. And um, he's based in New York and um, Sven is based in, in Los Angeles. And um, Sven worked, for example, for Siemens and was uh, focused on uh, developing smart city solutions uh, in the US and um, all of um, these uh, people and our colleagues have um, some interest in, in space and um, always focused on innovating in different sectors and now applying this um, experience um, on, on the space sector. So really uh, individuals who have a passion for, for the sector, a very pragmatic point of view, how the sector needs to uh, innovate. But also bringing from from other sectors uh, the experience of um, how to innovate different other sectors. So yes, um, obviously the U.S. market is very interesting, uh, the most um, dynamic market, I would say. So therefore, having people in these uh, hotspots is is very crucial. Yeah, we will touch this point later. But maybe um, to be precise, so Interstellar Ventures is an emerging venture capital fund, right? Exactly. So um, when you Google us, you, you don't find many information about Interstellar Ventures on the net yet. Uh, this is this is uh, for this is purposefully because uh, we are still working on, on on the mechanics, on the model of of the funds, and um, we started basically with the idea of having the uh, the funds um, closed end of this year and. Um, like a very classic fund approach, um, having um, 100 million in capital, uh, being able to deploy in an early stage and very um, focused on, um, on commercial space tech uh, ventures. So obviously it's a very long process, uh, especially when you are first time fund. So uh, we are right now in the phase where we have a portfolio of investment candidates and uh, we still looking for some with, with which we want to uh, basically do a roadshow and um, try to find investors, interested investors for, for these investment candidates and with this uh, raising the funds and the first funds uh, as mentioned would be 100 million and um, yes yeah, so it's an interesting journey and um, we, we are I would say um, in, the, in the middle of it so therefore um, we are still emerging in that sense uh, but uh, see many opportunities and um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, on, its, on its way to uh, hopefully becoming uh, more visible during, during yeah, the, the next um, uh, half of the year. Okay, yeah, cool. 100 million, that's a very ambitious goal. But yes. uh, yeah, who are you? Who is the person behind Interstellar Ventures? Right, so um, I think we, we had this discussion before that uh, really basically one and a half years ago I had nothing to do with space. So it's a, it's a good question. Um, I guess what brought me to the sector was this, uh, I would say, curiosity for a new sector which was until then uh, very re regulated and very subsidized and very um, undynamic, I would say. And myself, I've been involved in another sector, uh, which is the corporate sustainability management sector. So I worked with a corporation on their 
sustainability agenda in terms of uh, integrating non-financial topics like uh, environmental um, management systems and um, carbon footprint management and um, ethical issues into supply chains and uh, management systems and really tried from the perspective um, of, a, of a, let's say, planetary perspective, uh, make corporations more innovative, agile and conscious about their footprint, uh, mm-hmm. which they are living on the planet. So. I already had this, let's say, planetary perspective um, uh, when I when I worked uh, uh, with these uh, with these organizations, and um, so I've been doing in Berlin uh, my own advisory company, and um, I've been doing this for three and a half years, and um, and also in parallel to that, uh, we um, we launched an initiative um, for. Um, really bringing bringing people together around the topic which was very important for the sector uh, the the way how corporations disclose their non-financial information okay. in terms of uh, you know you have um, annual reports like financial reports but these reports don't really cover all these um, externalities I would say like environmental impacts and social mm-hmm. impacts uh, which obviously corporations are also attached to and uh, we said okay so let's look at the landscape how the sector does currently look like and um, how it should from a future-oriented perspective evolve and therefore we started a pre-competitive innovation platform which we call reporting 3.0 like related to the 3.0 and now we have 4.0 okay so uh, i already been uh, engaged in kind of um, bringing people together in a pre-competitive space and really trying to define the sector and and really to to move this forward and i guess this kind of thinking also resonated with me uh, very much when I when I really stumbled upon this this whole new space or yeah. commercial space sector, basically really uh, looking at uh, how can corporations um, assess the environmental footprint, uh, leveraging other types of uh, data, and mm. discovered Earth observation data, obviously Planet uh, with uh, what they are doing, and uh, so okay, this is an interesting sector. When I decided to uh, to leave my company and to step down and as CEO and commit more time to family and take basically a year off, um, I used this time to um, really jump into the sector and really try to understand what is it all about, how is the situation, what are opportunities, and how the how the European sector um, compares to the US sector. So, you know, all the different questions. And I realized, okay, this is a really interesting uh, place to be. And obviously very inspiring uh, with, a, with a long-term vision as well. Yeah, we share that. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with your perspective, uh, you said uh, you, you worked in a company and had this uh, global view. So what do you think? Why do we need space? Because a lot of people ask this question, uh, you know, when they're not working in the space industry. What do you think? Uh, what's the main reason? Why do we need space technology? Space technology? Um, I mean, there are different aspects of, uh, of space, I guess. And um, I think the um, most, I, I don't know, there are many important um, topics related to space, but I think really having the ability to um, to really zoom out uh, from Earth and, and um, to realize what kind of harsh environments uh, our planet is floating uh, through space-time is, I think, the, you know, the epiphany which everybody should should get in a point in life so really to to think about this and um, the other thing is that obviously space 
is not made for humans and uh, if we want to be um, if, if, if we want really to uh, create a space for us in space so then we really need to innovate like the hell out of the <laughs> like, like the hell out of this so there is a very important innovation aspect which drives um, technology which drives um, different uh, ways of collaborating and um, I mean, the International Space Station is a very expensive uh, real estate, uh, but uh, it managed to get uh, people in a situation where they collaborated. I mean, it's still not a perfect model for, for international cooperation, but it's, it's a good one. Uh, and um, when I, why I'm mentioning not a good, perfect model, because obviously the Chinese are not part of uh, the whole exercise, but now they are building their own space station. Mm. But I think uh, really innovating in space and thinking about the technologies uh, which derive from, from this necessary innovation, um, this is an interesting aspect, an important aspect to think about as well, what kind of um, applications can be uh, done with this um, um, technologies here on Earth. And um, looking at Earth from, from the harsh environment of space, you have really a closed loop system. Uh, it's a habitat, basically. Uh, and um, when you want to have, when you when you want to build set settlement on the moon, then you obviously have to really think very hard uh, about these close closed loop systems, creating habitation. And I guess you can very much also learn from these examples how to um, apply these technologies here on Earth and, and regions where, for example, you don't have fresh water, where you don't mm. have access to energy. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically, I would say, <laughs> a really interesting R&D lab uh, for, <laughs> for um, different types of uh, innovations here on Earth. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the ISS. Mm -hmm. um, that's a perfect example for old space. But uh, as new space involved, what is from your perspective, the status of the European and the German new space industry, yeah, from the perspective of an becoming a space VC. Right. Okay, so I think um, we have first to analyze um, how the um, commercialization really took off uh, in, in the US and um, the ISS was a very crucial enabler for um, all these different companies which you which you right now see uh, innovating and, and um, basically also um, uh, shrinking the market share of European uh, launch companies, for example. And um, it's very hard to uh, compare um, the European um, yes, commercial space ecosystem with the US commercial space ecosystem because these are two different realities. The US reality um, was uh, enabled by a decision uh, or by, by several decisions uh, which were made uh, ten, over 10, 10 years ago when, for example, the whole uh, Constellation uh, program was cancelled and um, Obama, I mean, yeah, Obama basically said, okay, uh, we need to, um, to really innovate and, and also strengthen our uh, commercial uh, space industry and uh, we don't have the money or these budgets for these uh, expensive, large uh, space exploration pro pro projects. So therefore, the focus was uh, more into uh, looking for efficiencies and also um, how um, the US um, and, and NASA in particular, obviously, uh, could uh, enable commercial uh, space um, uh, ventures, which would allow 
NASA uh, to focus on topics, but also to uh, be more efficient and um, more cost conscious uh, about uh, different services. And therefore, the launch, uh, the launch program uh, was initiated and uh, it brought to life, obviously, SpaceX. And I think um, comparing it to the Sorry. European uh, European markets, um, I would say if the Europeans would have um, a standalone space station or maybe something beyond beyond Leo, something where we could um, travel to and where the European Space Agency could purchase uh, commercial services. For example, right now we have this Moon Village vision. So. Let's say the Europeans would have decided 10 years ago to uh, build a um, scientific um, outpost on a moon. And then right now uh, we, would, uh, we would realize, okay, maybe it would be a good idea to, uh, to buy some services from certain companies, uh, with which you are uh, affiliated, for example, to really um, bring more innovation in that field. And I think um, that ha not having uh, such a such a reference point, I would say, is very hard to um, to to really initiate uh, a purely um, in in these traditional terms upstream commercial uh, sector. So ESA is, is trying uh, with um, the spin-outs and spin-ins um, to do a, a very good job and. Um, as said, it's it's like comparing um, very two different things with each other, uh, which which work on a very different dynamic. And um, I think uh, the pursuit right now with the Moon Village Vision is is a good one, uh, but it needs really, uh, I would say, a very pragmatic approach in terms of really building things, which would allow to also um, jumpstart the sector again, because we have a lot of. Um, a lot of good companies in Germany and and Europe, which which um, are very well positioned uh, in the in the global uh, in the global uh, markets, but you don't see uh, these ambitious projects or these ambitious um, endeavors because um, these are very long term shots, and there is no no really clear customer out there who would mm -hmm. uh, buy these services. And uh, ESA just starts with this initiative uh, of uh, you know looking for different services in situ resource utilization or there was I think two weeks ago um, an announcement about uh, CubeSat to the moon and and yeah. these kind of things. But this is now starting, and I think uh, when you have more of these initiatives coming out from national agencies like uh, the German Space Agency or the Spanish or, or the French, then you would also see um, a bigger interest from uh, traditional um, aerospace uh, companies who look for uh, a pivot into a new market. Because as you know, I mean, you have to earn money and uh, once you have stable customers and once you are in the system, then um, then you are happy to, to, to stay in that niche and, and um, don't make these huge pivots into new sectors which are still very risky to be in. And um, I guess this is, this, is, this is something what we are unfortunately missing. But I um, have uh, huge hope because uh, the, um, the industry base and the, uh, the technology uh, readiness is, is, is very, very advanced. 
and uh, we just uh, need to have more um, ambitious entrepreneurs and, and uh, visionaries, uh, okay. pr pragmatic visionaries. New space visionaries. New space, yeah, visionaries. New space yeah. visionaries, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so you just said uh, we have great companies in Europe and in Germany, um, but there is no SpaceX or Blue Origin or Planet here. So what do you think? What's the main reason for, for that? Yeah, so I think I, I touched a little bit upon that. So... Um, as I said, there was uh, an ambition for be uh, independent uh, in terms of uh, SpaceX uh, from from uh, the the Russian rockets, basically. So uh, mm -hmm. the um, I mean the reliance on Russian rockets and, and different political situations uh, is not always a good thing. So um, and. Um, purchasing commercial services uh, and also enabling a commercial player to um, out-compete and out-innovate the, um, the current setup of actors is, I think, what really uh, made the whole uh, sector move into a direction where, where you see uh, this dynamism. Obviously, all the people always say, okay, but Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, they are these billionaires and having all this money. But I think it comes down to a certain mindset uh, which uh, these people um, have and it's like, um, okay, there's this challenge, uh, let's, let's try to solve this challenge, what do I need and really start to think about the problem and you know, the, try to find a solution and um, also to organize yourself and get the resources, get the people behind you and then attack this problem. And you can do this basically everywhere. I think you just need the ambition, you just need the vision and the right mindset. Go to mindset, it's not easy, but you have to some, start somewhere. And I think this is something what we may missing, but uh, I have big hope. I mean, looking at Berlin, it's becoming more and more uh, dynamic and you, you see like the second generation of entrepreneurs now um, who, who left the company, sold the companies, um, most of them have their own venture funds and they are deploying this capital into, into the new generation of entrepreneurs. And I think this is a new dynamism which takes place. And uh, therefore, I, I wouldn't worry about that much about this mindset. So I think that the mindset is, is, is emerging. Yeah. But I think attacking these big problems, this very huge, uh, large industry uh, problems, is this something what uh, we we need to learn uh, here from from our American friends, and um, so yeah, um, I guess the the biggest trigger was really an intersection of different things. It was uh, the necessity uh, to have an alternative uh, launch uh, vehicle and also the boldness of NASA to really um, um, stimulate the growth of commercial uh, ventures and really very clear uh, vision for commercializing a low Earth orbit. And um, this is something as a framework, as an innovation framework, I think what would be required in Europe to have in order to have a very clear path for, for innovation and also from an entrepreneurial perspective to have a really nice, good idea. Okay, once I launch this service, once I launch this, pro this product or once I develop this technology, there will be an anchor customer who can support me. So and the state as a customer, that's the main... That's yeah. One of the main 
reasons. I, I think it should be a smart state. So um, in terms of smart state is, is really to, to thinking um, not just about the one, one, one shot exercise. Okay, we are going to, let, let's, let's just really uh, hypothesize. We are going, mm. let's Germany, let's say Germany is now going to, to build, um, um, I don't know, micro research lab uh, in, in low earth orbit and saying, okay, we want to stimulate the growth of uh, microgravity research uh, ventures. That's fine, but then you need to define, okay, what's the next step? What comes after it? So then you can say, okay, we want to leverage this competency for a microgravity research facility and R&D, whatever module on yeah. the moon. So then you take the next step. And um, by, um, by saying a smart state is obviously a, a state which has a long-term uh, space exploration mm -hmm. uh, vision and strategy. And this is, I think, still something what we are missing uh, yeah. here. So we have a, a, a space exploration strategy. I mean, in Germany, it was drafted 2012. It was not yeah. really updated. And it needs an update and uh, it needs uh, a long-term vision and an ambition, uh, really an ambition um, for a commercial, not, not just commercial space exploration, but also long-term exploration. So I don't know any state right now on this planet who says, okay, our long-term vision is to uh, contribute to interstellar travel mm. or to interstellar, I don't know, technologies. You can't say these things, I think, as a state because you have all the time spent governments, or, I mean, taxpayer money. Yeah. So you, you can't really talk to to, to uh, taxpayers about these kind of um, very mm. crazy projects. But, but I, I you mean, Hawking is doing that. Yeah, but that's not a state. But you mentioned microgravity research. That's a topic which would affect a lot of people on Earth right now. Yes, totally. Yeah. And I, I think this would be a first step yeah. uh, to, to go into this direction because you, you have obviously very many applications in the health sector, in the pharmaceutical sector, in the materials. I mean, it's a, it's a really interesting field. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. And there are some interesting companies, but I don't know any European company. that. So there, there is one, a very interesting. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a mix of uh, Israeli, Swiss and uh, US companies called okay. Space Pharma. And, ah. um, yeah, I've heard yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, so they're a really interesting one and uh, very ambitious. And um, I like the team, so yeah, um, look them up, really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, they have an interesting website and you can yeah, find a lot of uh, about them. That's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, when I think about the European market, um, I, I think um, Earth observation is in the focus. So, I mean, for, for the moon uh, vision, it's hard to find clients, but for Earth observation, it should be easier. But um, I think there are... A few companies have problems to find clients. So what do you think about Earth observation, about the downstream streams? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the, the biggest uh, interesting application will be when uh, IoT comes really along and when what we already see is kind of these uh, 5G uh, competition versus um, um, broadband from, 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 from space, like yeah. um, uh, satellite-based broadband. And uh, I think the, the biggest market opportunities will really arise when, once this technology is ready to deploy, once you have uh, smart cities, connected cars, uh, all these different um, 
uh, gadgets and and uh, technologies uh, being connected in this um, meta grid of um, internet of mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and their uh, space-based um, uh, infrastructure can be uh, a really interesting place to invest in and um, so communication is bigger than earth observation I guess it will become yeah. yes so that's that's kind of the forecast which I'm now um, uh, taking but I think um, communication and eventually maybe who knows um also um you know different types of uh, um i don't know well you can talk about um but it's still a very science fiction topic and i like this topic but um obviously when when you think about uh this uh, energy beaming <laughs> technology yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's still you know not really not really talked about but i guess this could be also an interesting application Uh, very many technological challenges, obviously, but I think this might be also an interesting um, application. But yes, communication uh, will definitely uh, be the next big thing. And uh, you already see a consolidation on the market in terms of the op Earth observation and uh, new applications with uh, deep learning, artificial intelligence, yeah. and fusing different data sets, uh, like uh, Earth-based data sets, um, You know, bringing bringing more diversity into these data streams is right now the the gold mine uh, where different True. companies are, are looking at. Just recently, um, Orbital Insight uh, closed their right. several million funding round. Yeah, and the next um, I think um, interesting emerging vertical is this micro launcher uh, sector where you have uh, Rocket Lab obviously now uh, very soon. Um, launching and and um, this would be also kind of opening up uh, the uh, the sector for for new applications and yeah. uh, new types of satellites uh, applications yeah yeah it's interesting the the field of launchers there are again only a few european companies p uh, pld space from right. spain is one maybe the only mm business right behind such an endeavor in Europe they have, you have Copita, uh, Copenhagen suborbiters yes. which is a great I can <laughs> highly recommend to look them up yeah. but uh, like they are much. not in uh, not yet yeah <laughs> not yet. but I think um, you know also talking about the uh, established industry I would guess Airbus and all the other or OHB I guess they are thinking about um, entering this space because they can't enter the, the heavy launch market or the, the bigger launch market but I think the micro launcher market might be something uh, what they have what they could um, have um, uh, to look at and um, I mean it's not necessary always to create a, or develop the technology from scratch it could yeah. be also you know partnering with already established companies on the market and try to um, try to bring bring the expertise um, to them and, and partner up with them yeah. I think this would be something what I would recommend mm -hmm. so um, yeah what, what do you think I want to come back to this point of uh, European SpaceX or Blue Origin is mm -hmm. there one company you think which, which uh, matches this uh, um, category which, which has great potential which yeah great, great great potential yeah Yeah, um, good question. So if I would knew of such a company, I, I wouldn't uh, mention this company <laughs> here. Um, but maybe let, let, let's let's put it in another way, framing. So I see a problem which hasn't been solved yet. Yeah. Uh, and I think a company which can solve this problem 
might be a very valuable company. And um, the problem being, I mean, there are very many um, strings attached to this, but if someone somewhere uh, could figure out how to create um, like a GitHub for, um, for, for space hardware, where you could uh, have a, a platform um, where you could uh, collaborate with uh, engineers and uh, scientists and innovators mm-hmm. on uh, on, a, on a platform which is decentralized um, and create uh, your own space missions or your own space hardware, uh, something like uh, local motors. Yeah, but I just uh, want to that. exactly. But I w- I would say like. Um, local rockets uh, <laughs> I think this would be really something uh, because the the biggest bottleneck right now is the access to technology mm-hmm. access to to talents to people and um, different standards and uh, the uh, fragmentation uh, of the markets and different you know um, hardware uh, solutions so I guess once Uh, someone figures this problem out mm-hmm. or once someone attacks this problem and you know all of these genius entrepreneurs and and really uh, next SpaceXs have, have access to such a platform then um, I guess this this market goes exponentially um, and um, you know you can you can think about subscription based uh, business models or different types of business models But I see it from the perspective, more from the perspective of the problems which I see, uh, which which are hindering the market to grow. Yeah. So and uh, obviously there's uh, this this problem with ITAR and um, true. But you can but you can um, but you can create uh, you know I don't know the um, the law the law sector is also being um, um, disrupted by artificial intelligence and, and machine learning applications. So. Just imagine um, having a, a machine learning application for maneuvering you through all these ITAR restrictions, uh, automating it, and it's not really necessary, you know, um, hiring all these uh, very expensive yeah. lawyers. Yeah, but often in the yeah the problem is on the governmental side, so it needs a lot uh, long time to yeah, get through this process. Not maybe because you're the one who needs so much time, but the government. So yeah. Yeah. So. Again, this is another huge problem. Yeah. If uh, someone can attack this problem and make it much more easier to uh, to access this uh, market, to innovate in this market uh, cross-borderly, um, this would make things much more easier. And then I would say suddenly you would have a very interesting business uh, which has solved a very important problem and enabled others to, to innovate. So therefore, I think if someone attacks this problem, then... I would be really interested to talk to this person. <laughs> I, I just uh, read um, um, a few sentences of uh, Jeff Bezos. He said, if you lower the barriers, uh, two guys in a dorm room can change an industry. And I think we are not at this point in space, but uh, I think in, within the we're next... We're getting closer. Yeah, we're getting closer, exactly. Yeah, And I think in Earth observation, we can see this uh, um, with all the um, platforms, the cloud computing platforms like Cloudio, uh, like uh, SAP uh, HANA. So we need this for hardware. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. This is exactly a very good point which you're making because uh, this gives you very uh, easy accessible tools in your hands with which you can build the other next stuff uh, and, and solutions. And um, the hardware problem is a very big one. And um, once we can solve this, then uh, we can 
built upon uh, on top of this uh, platform or, or on this infrastructure um, new new solutions and also new uh, new ways for um, for capturing um, value and also for um, yeah basically doing doing interesting stuff in space mm. Did you heard of uh, Vali Space? Uh, yes, this uh, Munich-based company, right? Yeah, yeah they've got um, some kind of project management tool for um, engineering. And uh, this is uh, a good point. It's not about the um, coding, but it's about the project management. If you work okay. in a global team, uh, th that's a really good thing. And um, I like uh, ideas like that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think um, right now we still have this idea uh, about... Uh, space being very heavy, uh, hard tech uh, infrastructure oriented, and I think uh, maybe to to start uh, thinking in a different way would be to think about digital um, applications. So how can we move this hardware into into the into the space of uh, digital applications? Mm. So once you have a let's say um, digital um, um, blueprints um, of I don't know uh, rockets or whatever so kind of different sets of technologies mm -hmm. and just imagine you have a, a HoloLens uh, or where you can simulate how these things um, can be put together and then uh, this is attached to the 3D printer or 4D printer whatever you have all these different amazing advanced technologies now out there then suddenly it becomes um, you know, a virtual holodeck where we can put all these different technologies together. I mean, this is very science fiction. But everything in space is science yeah, fiction. Yeah, everything it's, in space uh, is science fiction. Why in front of you is uh, an Enterprise model <laughs> and uh, a Saturn V model. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you said um, you know a lot of entrepreneurs or you met a lot of entrepreneurs, so that's not the problem? No. Okay. That's not a problem. And... Um, I think it's it's um, having um, having something like an innovation framework, uh, and the ISS is obviously an innovation framework for um, entrepreneurs like Elon Musk. So um, because if you if you wouldn't have the ISS up there, so there wouldn't be any successful um, reusable launch. Um, um, exercise here on the planet because there wouldn't be an outpost to go yeah. to and we need more of these outposts in order to increase the, the launch rate and the reusability rate therefore I'm a very big fan of um, of uh, um, commercializing um, or developing commercial applications for the moon and cislunar space yeah so because in the end it, it drives and stimulates the growth of, of the sector and um, Yeah, we need more of that. And and once this this innovation framework is out there, then you will see also entrepreneurs taking steps and uh, really uh, leveraging these opportunities. Yeah, you just mentioned the moon. Uh, right now, um, space mining is a hot topic. Mm -hmm. What do you think of that? So, um, space mining is, uh, I would say, an underlying assumption for the emergence and the growth of the next industrial revolution in space. So, you need resources and you need, um, you need refueling stations and everything is related to resources. And um, once you are somewhere, you can't take all the stuff with you uh, to, this, to, this, to this, let's say... Uh, to this uh, to this place you need to leverage what you have uh, around you yeah and um, this is um, this is a very important next step and uh, I guess um, 
the uh, very ambitious leadership uh, which is now shown by uh, by Luxembourg especially yeah. and uh, a number of US companies as well um, I mean this is something what needs to be done and this is something uh, what what needs to be uh, hacked in terms of you have to uh, you have to unlock uh, the value out of these resources I mean there are many 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 questions related yeah, to it absolutely. legal questions environmental questions technology questions uh, societal questions but you know someone has to do it and um, you have to start uh, you have to initiate at least something and then start a conversation without without initiating something there wouldn't be a, a conversation and the, the the field would stagnate and um, I think the, the resource topic is very important one and um, I really applaud all these different uh, actors now pushing pushing this topic but I said um, you know it, it's um, there are so many debates attached to it but um, these debates needs uh, need to take place and you, you can't just uh, now from the scratch and from the start start uh, start to try to regulate uh, uh, th these things you just you know need to have a dialogue also with the um, earth-based uh, mining sector resource sector and extraction sector to really understand uh, what went wrong how, how does the law uh, look like how can we apply it eventually also in outer space and um, how does uh, the international treaty, uh, outer space treaty, um, relate to all these different activities? And um, we, we shouldn't stop the entrepreneurial spirit uh, and and try from the start to 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 stop it. Rather, having a conversation how we could, um, in a smart way, uh, uh, support these entrepreneurs and and um, and really enable this uh, this industry uh, to emerge in, in space. Okay, yeah. that's what I like about Luxembourg. You know, if you um, communicate this vision, you will attract a lot of people. They maybe had the idea before, but they didn't communicate it. And if if there's one big um, entity like a state or like Elon Musk with uh, SpaceX, uh, the the entire process will start. I think. Yes. Um, and yeah, we need more of that. And it was yeah. not like okay, we have now this great idea, let's do it. And uh, uh, it was a very conscious, I would say, process which mm. led them to taking okay. this decision. So it, in the beginning, it was really looking into okay, so what are the legal aspects? Um, you know, <laughs> is it legal? What kind of strings attached are to this? And then looking okay, what are the, what are the technologies? How mature uh, are, the are these technologies? And then also, how can we finance it? So. They had really uh, a number of questions before starting this and, and um, need, they, they answered these questions and said, okay, look, I mean, this is an interesting opportunity for, for Luxembourg and then they jumped onto it. Do you know anything about their uh, plans right now? So what's their, what is their goal? So I think uh, what is, um, has been defined right now as the next step is also an interesting one. So they want to launch a space agency Mm. Uh, not a traditional one. Uh, so the idea for having a space agency is to function more as a as an investment body uh, in terms of um, collaborating with the financial industry in Luxembourg, but also uh, with the international industry, um, and um, having a network of investors who would um, leveraging the initiative in Luxembourg. Um, 
be able to uh, invest uh, in this uh, in this uh, interesting and very diverse ventures coming to Luxembourg yeah. and uh, setting up their um, their uh, offices in Luxembourg. So what was what has been said last week during the Space Forum in Luxembourg, uh, which I attended, is that uh, the space agency uh, will not be a traditional space agency. No, no space missions planned yet. Yeah. So it might uh, it might evolve and change. But I think the, the uh, interesting idea is really to have a commercial focus and uh, really a focus on um, making money uh, with this uh, and investing uh, in space ventures. So it's still emerging and it's still um, to be defined how yeah. uh, in the end this will look like. But um, it was an interesting announcement uh, which was made by Luxembourg and looking at it from a, from a one-year perspective and the evolution of this whole initiative, I think what Luxembourg is now doing is really to uh, finding new ways of um, creating a program or an approach which is uh, very much focused on, um, on innovation growth of the space sector and also the uh, ability for Luxembourg uh, to be involved um, as an enabler uh, of this of this new uh, um, neck or the, the next industrial uh, revolution which will take place in space mm -hmm. and they see themselves really as a, as a, as a key driver and therefore um, they are not really talking about um, governmented uh, governmental funded space missions scientific missions yeah. maybe this will come but more about okay, how can we leverage our assets in terms of the finance cap or financial capital which we have in the country and how can we deploy it and how can we uh, make sure that, that Luxembourg stays competitive, stays on the edge of technological development, how it can attract the brightest minds, scientists, entrepreneurs and so on. And therefore, I mean, obviously financial capital is a, is a good magnet for yeah. this kind of thing. <laughs> Especially as such a small country, you, you need to find your own way. Yeah. yeah. And they moved a lot of money last year, 200 million uh, dollar, mm. and uh, yeah, that's uh, the enabler for that. And um, did you hear of um, um, space manufacturing? Uh, they yeah, so um, there was, I think, a month ago, uh, a very interesting uh, workshop uh, which was organized uh, by Made in Space in, in, in Luxembourg, and um, so the the whole idea about this workshop was also to look um, beyond what, what's possible with uh, in space uh, manufacturing and how can we take the next step in terms of, okay once we have uh, these resources what can we what what, what is possible yeah. uh, with uh, with deploying it and and uh, what kind of technologies are already available and and how can luxembourg be supportive uh, of different ventures who are now uh, taking this uh, this next evolutionary mm. step and um, yeah, I mean, there's also now an emerging interest in, 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 in the moon <laughs> from Luxembourg. And um, so my sense is that, you know, the whole uh, space ambition of Luxembourg is just starting. Yeah. And um, once this groundwork is being laid out in terms of the uh, space resource uh, mining utilization, topic then on top of that you can you can imagine different applications yeah. uh, so it's just just you know just like an underlying innovation framework again and um, so therefore in space manufacturing uh, will be definitely i assume becoming also an interesting topic 
Ja. Bei Luxemburg has a history in um, um, satellite TV. I think yeah, they started yeah. in the 80s and um, all the other nations uh, were laughing at Luxembourg about what they're doing in space and then uh, they exactly. just started that and made a lot of money. Yeah, they are still, they are still, they are still having some um, direct and indirect uh, benefits from, from, uh, from these companies. And yeah, they're benefiting. I mean, this was a venture capital decision uh, which yeah. they made a high mm. risk and uh, it was not easy. You had to convince a lot of people and, um, you know, a lot of people thought you, they were crazy, but uh, they made it anyway. So, and right now, I guess this is a similar situation uh, which they see and therefore they're taking the next bets and um, yeah, I, I believe in it, and and I see this uh, potential um, for um, for the emergence of this of the space based economy. So therefore, um, I'm I'm really convinced um, that this is a, this is the right move. And um, as you said, um, there are many skeptics out there uh, about about these topics, but. You know, uh, where, where is a will, there is a way. Yeah. <laughs> German saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, mean, uh, yeah. we have a company here in Berlin who will uh, provide um, infrastructure for the moon. I so know. The Peter I know. Scientist. And so, yeah. Uh, product placement. <laughs> product placement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. No, but um, I mean, um, yeah, you have to talk about them because, uh, sure. you know, in the ESARS, uh, with the vision, um, with the moon base and now Luxembourg, you said. So it's really interesting that they all will go back to the moon. And I just read that uh, NASA um, will make a one-year mission um, to the moon first before they want to uh, go to Mars. Um, yeah. So um, it's a very natural uh, step in between. Yeah, of course. So yeah, uh, yeah. You, you, you need to test all the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to test all these different uh, technologies and environments. I mean, you can go straight like Elon is doing and. Uh, uh, others uh, have also the ambition, but I guess uh, seeing the the moon as a as our eighth continent uh, is is a good way to to look at these things. Yeah. So yeah, um, we just uh, talked about uh, the um, um, space agency from um, for Luxembourg, and right. um, we've got uh, ESA DLR as the public sector. So what do you think could they improve um, for the new space right sector, and what are they already doing? So. Yeah, yeah. Germany and in Europe as a whole. Right. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I think ESA is on a good way uh, to to um, to really uh, connect to uh, the external ecosystem. Uh, two years ago, they, they launched this call for ideas, where they I think for the first time really uh, opened up themselves um, to the commercial space industry. And um, what I've heard, what what I have heard. Um, is that unfortunately or unfortunately um, most of the answers to their call this was an open call for ideas yeah. uh, about yeah, joint partnerships for uh, commercial space exploration so there's this global space exploration roadmap out there and and ESA has also defined a space exploration roadmap as well and they basically said okay look um, this is the roadmap how can we jointly leverage each other's assets and how can we you know support uh, this uh, commercial sol solutions and um, there were ma many applications and most of them were from from this established uh, from this established industry but now they are pivoting into uh, into something new uh, and it's called uh, ESA Grand Challenges mm -hmm. uh, and, and this will be related more to kind of Google Luna X Prize challenges but not really uh, money attached to it okay. what I've understood it 
but maybe they will um, pivot as well. So basically the, the idea here is to find a sponsor for, for such a grand challenge and it could be dedicated to, um, to, to harvesting something um, on the moon or doing kind of a um, energy uh, pilots uh, also in cis lunar space or different different types of technological but also business related challenges where you ha they have first to find a, um, a sponsor for this challenge it's interesting that ESA such a big organization needs sponsors eh? I mean they are not that because it's funded. it's not yeah I mean the thing is um, they don't have the official budget for that and yeah. they have this is the same like with the moon village thing yeah so this is a vision and it's out of scope of the current program yeah. which is which is uh, which is ongoing so there are programs and governments pay for that programs and you know this is this is a certain way how how ESA has been set up and you know it's not criticizing uh, it's it's just how things are and um, out of this system, you have a, f a certain flexibility to be able to innovate. And I, I guess um, these are very good people and they're trying the best to really out-innovate um, their own current um, approach yeah. and to, to test uh, these new ways for, for ESA to really be innovative and, and to collaborate with the external uh, environment. And, um, you know, I'm giving them credit because they are trying to do something and, and I hope this will be this will be stimulating. And uh, coming back to DLR, um, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, there are, um, uh, there are certain spin-outs and, and, and um, also innovative companies coming out of DLR, but I think um, there is huge potential for uh, the commercialization of DLR's technology. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of obviously talking about um, commercial applications uh, related to the moon. So um, it would be a good idea. And this is also what we uh, what we started um, to to really look into the space agencies and try to open up uh, their technology vaults, I yeah. would say. And see what's what's already out what's already out there or in there uh, related to commercial space uh, technology, which could be, for example, assembled in a in a kind of um, um, very modular approach uh, by space entrepreneurs yeah. who would get access to it and um, you know leverage all these great technologies which are already developed and do. Uh, do basically um, new new business ventures out of it. Um, there's not so much stuff. Uh, being the, being done in that direction, most of the things were spin-outs and yeah. and uh, spin-ins, uh, as 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 ESA is also now uh, pursuing. But I, as as again said, I mean you you as part of scientists had the experience with uh, working with with DLR, so and um, I wished uh, there would be more of such initiatives where um, DLR in particular here in Germany would um, open up um, their capabilities, technologies to these types of entrepreneurs. Yeah, okay, so we touched, uh, we touched the topic of uh, Germany as mm -hmm. a new space hub, but we as New Space Vision, we are very active to make Berlin a new space hub. Right. I think you are interested in that as well. What do you think is necessary uh, to bring Berlin to, to a global level of uh, right. for, for space entrepreneurs? Because in, um, in Berlin is a startup city. Sure. Um, so it's a space city, uh, which is uh, which is recognized by us, but not uh, not uh, by uh, the outside world. I mean, 
Werner von Braun uh, is is obviously a legend. Uh, you know, you can you can talk about him in very different aspects. Yeah, obviously, uh, German-related <laughs> aspects are yeah, not not so easy one to discuss, but. I mean, he was a visionary and he tried actually um, to push uh, NASA and Americans um, to, to, to Mars. And um, I mean, he had these ambitions and um, very interesting ideas for, for doing things. And um, all, I mean, this started here on a small, yeah. small field uh, with this rocketry uh, club and uh, where all these things got got started. But uh, in the end, you, you need a certain um, environment. Um, <laughs> Uh, in which you can you can um, realize your ideas, and um, what I see here in Berlin um, is the is the potential uh, which we have. Uh, it's still focused on on satellites and this kind yeah. this kind of nice applications. I mean, you are um, an ex, uh, yeah. I mean, you are trying to do something different, but so PTS uh, trying to do something yeah, different. PTS, yeah, PTS are trying to do something different. But um, what I think uh, is necessary to really connect um, the uh, innovation ecosystem, which we have here, like this corporate innovation labs, hubs, uh, incubators, accelerators, and all these different um, verticals like the health sector, like the IoT, automotive sector. I mean, there are many people around here in the city uh, who are looking for the next big thing yeah, and uh, try to connect to these entrepreneurs, to these innovators, and to really... Uh, get them not just inspired but really pragmatically to talk about the um, next applications uh, which could uh, um, bring their uh, corporations or, or, or their startups uh, to a, to a to next phase and provide them uh, a competitive edge yeah. leveraging space-based assets it doesn't um, have to be uh, the moon uh, i mean we can we can talk about uh, satellite applications obviously This is a very you know, low-hanging fruit and just really evangelizing and, and opening them up for this topic, I think would uh, bring the sector uh, to the next level. But I think also it would be great to have something like a lighthouse project for the whole sector where we could uh, create something like a pre-competitive space mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, just, you know, okay, let, let's do a, I don't know, <laughs> a CubeSat to Mars or something and it will be financed by I don't know the, the Senate of Berlin and the Senate can say hey we launched our own space program and um, it's like California said it as well um, mm. uh, there was this uh, proposition to shut down the, the, the uh, author observation uh, program or something and they uh, the Californians said hey we, we want to launch our own satellite and launch our own space yeah. agency These type of things, uh, this is this is coming back again to the to the smart state. So once you have a yeah, smart true. government, a smart senate who who knows very well what they want to do in space and how they want to leverage it for for their own purposes, how they want to not just only inspire but uh, bring innovation to the city. I think this would be something interesting. Uh, what they what they could stimulate, or eventually, I mean, don't talking about the airport here, <laughs> but I think I, I have to come back to it. Um, You know, UK is now pushing this uh, this uh, this act uh, further uh, related to um, enabling um, commercial spaceports yeah. and um, you know um, helping all all these uh, launch uh, launch companies and commercial um, commercial tourism companies to to really flourish in, in the UK. I mean, 
the the Senate of Berlin or the region could say, hey, we, we, we want really to, to look at this topic and um, evaluate if a commercial spaceport in this region makes sense. Or if not, what could be our contribution? I mean, be very progressive, yeah. uh, also from the economic perspective. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the, the same with um, Luxembourg. Berlin has to communicate a vision or a big project, and uh, then it will attract a lot of people. And yeah. we don't need, uh, we not only need space engineers, you know, we yeah. need software engineers, electrical engineers, and um, maybe um, business uh, sense too. So. And there are yeah. great, great people here in Berlin. We, a lot we have of, a good yeah. university regarding yeah. space applications, yeah. but as you mentioned, they are focused on small yeah. sets. We have a great ecosystem with small companies with uh, which are building satellite parts, but it's true to bring us on another level and yeah. some more than just following the... Yeah. Right. And I think if you're looking for entrepreneurial spirit, you you have to come to Berlin. That's the city in Germany. So uh, yeah. In Europe. In, yeah. in Europe, yeah. In Europe, yeah. yeah. Sure. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we just uh, talk about the upstream, downstream, and uh, there are a lot of downstream activities in Berlin too, uh, with uh, Planet Labs, with um, uh, SAP. Um, mm. So um, what do you think? Um, Uh, where do you want to invest more with Interstellar Ventures in downstream or upstream? Well, um, so I think it comes down to um, the market opportunities uh, which um, we see in terms of the application of different uh, solutions. So right now, obviously, still interesting to uh, invest in the downstream markets uh, because there is um, right now the, the most... Um, There is the, the, the most vibrant um, ecosystem, um, not just emerging, but also developing. So you see very uh, innovative new um, applications and, and new interesting um, markets um, emerging. So I guess for um, the, the beginning, um, in order to uh, be successful also with the funds, um, you have to have your bets uh, in the uh, downstream market. Uh, and um, really also to prove that this market is interesting and that the whole space space uh, is, is um, lucrative also for investors. So um, I guess the big bets in terms of um, resource mining and so on are definitely uh, on our agenda. And as I said, I am a big favor of uh, a big fan as well of the whole cislunar uh, economy and um, in particular talking about the moon. But still um, an emerging market, and um, the low-hanging fruits are definitely in the in the downstream application market. So even when the name is Interstellar Ventures, you you uh, well um, focus on that. Yeah, that's the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk, we and, need a vision. Yeah, and I think um, you know if you focus on um, Earth observation first because it's the low-hanging fruit. Um, you know when you have applications, you will um, then build more satellites. Um, you know to um, the, yeah, fill the requirements and then um, you have better technology, you have more companies and uh, yeah, I think that's uh, what we need for this long-term vision. Yeah, and it's a small step-by-step -step approach, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the interesting thing about now coming back to this long-term vision right now is uh, look at the Starshot project. I mean, they are developing a really nano-satellite. It's like um, smallest, smallest thing uh, you have ever seen. It's like a microchip satellite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I mean, this kind of innovation, uh, which has been now uh, put into into motion, yeah. once this thing flies uh, with 20% speed of light to another solar system uh, pushed by um, solar winds, I mean, this kind of innovation, what kind of uh, what kind of uh, spillover effect it can it can uh, have also on the on the whole satellite industry. This is just, you know, um, yeah, I mean, this will be really um, uh, innovative. And um, I guess, uh, you know, talking about this long-term vision, um, what we are also considering, um, but it, this is still um, in, in a working, in working, work in progress uh, phase, is to have our own uh, projects as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have been thinking about um, eventually financing something like a, a CubeSat um, telescope, uh, which could spot eventually an exoplanet, which okay. might be an interesting one. I mean, there are there are obviously very <laughs> heavily funded projects like the James Webb Telescope, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, billions of dollars and a long um, uh, time frame for projects, uh, for, for development of this technology. But I know of two uh, privately funded um, space uh, telescope um, um, projects which are uh, uh, purposefully designed for spotting the next um, exoplanet which has oh, cool. potentially, uh, you know, is in a habitable zone and is potentially like the Earth 2.0 yeah. um, candidate. So I think these kind of projects um, we are looking at uh, eventually financing, maybe through another mechanism. Uh, but I think um, this uh, this R and D and innovation needs to needs to happen, and and this is also how we think we want also to contribute right now to um, to our long term vision by yeah. suggesting uh, these type of projects. And maybe this could be the the lighthouse project for Berlin. I don't know, you know. But spotting other planets is not a good uh, business plan. No, it's not. No, no, but it's, it's just... But it's, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. I mean, it's... Um, so, the thing is, um, so once uh, this kind of planet is being spotted and, and the atmosphere has been analyzed and, and we come to the conclusion, maybe there, there, there might be some life. Uh, so then I think the... Um, the planet will be in a certain way um, mobilized in thinking maybe going there and, and it's really you know starting to to think about crossing this void and um, it's a really interesting question to 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 ponder upon um, once we spot such a planet um, with what kind of a mindset and and uh, with what kind of a, a mission uh, do you want to go there? And um, you know, I, I wouldn't be a favor of colonizing uh, such a <laughs> such a planet. And this is also something what I think uh, we want also to see in the space sector is is more kind of this. Um, how can we how can we through this um, through this activities in space bring us here on Earth up to the let's say the next level of, of collaborating with each other and, and yeah. you know not just screwing up everything so this is this is maybe related to my to my previous life working in a corporate sustainability management field but I think um, working on a, on a long-term vision for us is very necessary and uh, we are currently considering to do this type of projects 
Definitely, I yeah. totally agree with that. That, yeah. that puts a nice frame around our uh, yeah around our podcast. We started off with with what you are doing or what you are started from, and we're now back with the long term vision not only to yeah to explore the stars but also care for 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 the earth. So um, as you mentioned, you started a company previously, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you're right now in the phase of starting your own VC fund. Uh, then we would like to have, uh, do you have any tips for young space entrepreneurs or just entrepreneurs in general? Entrepreneurs in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, the best way to start a business to have a client first. And um, because I always also say the best VC is your clients. And, um, and I think especially in the space sector is trying to, uh, to understand um, different pains or business, uh, business challenges which uh, different sectors have. For example, the energy sector. So look at the start. I mean, start a conversation with um, companies who are currently in a disruption mode. What I mean by that is, most of the companies right now are being disrupted by this industry 4.0 yeah. thing or digital whatever everything. So and these uh, these uh, companies are looking for uh, new markets, new solutions, new areas for growth. And once you understand their need and the pain, then out of this um, out of this niche, I would say you can you can start to use your uh, creative imagination and uh, your entrepreneurial spirit to think about solutions which can could help them uh, tap into new markets, create new products, uh, reach unreached um, you know segments. Yeah. And really start from from the customer point of view and start with um, trying to understand these big corporates which have budgets yeah. uh, for mm -hmm. pilot projects so if you want to do something very quick uh, proof of concept uh, talk to these corporate innovation guys who are out there here in berlin or in other big uh, big cities in europe and go from there and uh, try to find a partner and and build a build a first pilot and and try it out yeah Yeah, that's a very lean approach, but uh, that sounds very solid. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think uh, now we're uh, close to the end. So uh, we just want to thank you for the first podcast. For the great tips. For the for, great tips. For entrepreneurs. Yeah. And for the insights. Yeah. yeah. It was very interesting. And I think uh, I have to look up some things uh, which you just mentioned. Very interesting new facts also for us. Uh, thanks a lot, Sebastian. Yeah, and I hope we will see you in a few years here back for a second podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then you will tell us about your uh, successful uh, investments. And the, and the exoplanet which we, which we spotted uh, exactly. somewhere. Uh, exactly. Yeah, and also a uh, big thanks from my side. It was a pleasure. And uh, I'm looking forward to, to the next podcasts. And um, yeah, congratulations again for this initiative. And um, I guess uh, it will be definitely starting something. And I hope uh, people from outside Berlin and outside Germany uh, can, can listen to your podcast and be inspired and um, yeah, also work with you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you. So Elon had no time for us this week, but uh, we tried to contact him. Uh, we have a lot of persistence and we will do this podcast until he has time for us. So um, share our podcast and uh, we'll see us next time. 60 seconds. Python. Down two and a half. Forward. Forward. That's 40 feet down two and a half. Picking up some dust.
three feet, two and a half down, straight shadow, four forward, four forward, drift into the right a little, Break. down a half, 30 seconds, forward drift, okay. contact right, okay, engine stop, Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Roger, Tranquility. We copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.